good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. Uh, we have this guy, Craig Turvet. Uh, we're going to meet him in just a few seconds. Um, and he, I know you're going to wonder who is that guy on the poster and who's the actual guy who's here. So we'll 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 introduce you in just a second. So for those who are here joining us for the first time, good morning and welcome. If you've not already done so, this would be a great time in the chat room. Uh, just to let us know um, what line of work you're doing, where you are in Canada. And this is a great way for both uh, Craig and I to actually know who's, who's joining us today. And those who are joining us on our podcast, if you don't know, we have a podcast later on, Catherine's going to post that up uh, for you. But Welcome to a podcast um, where we have tons of great inspiration just to kick off the week. And that really is what the Monday Mindset is about. How do we get you focused and in the right uh, state of mind, so to speak, for the uh, upcoming um, week? So uh, before we do that, I just want to introduce, because Craig is finishing us off in the last day of the month here. And then next month, we have a few folks that's going to be coming up. I uh, just want to introduce you to a little bit. Uh, next week is a holiday, but Christopher will be joining me. So that's who's going to be on September the 7th. Um, September the 14th, we have uh, Jenna Kirk, who is actually the other half of Craig Turbot. So we'll, we'll find out a little bit about that. Uh, on the 21st, we have uh, Tyson Gaylord, who's going to be talking about dealing with the electronic distraction. Going back to Jenna here, who's going to talk about employment law during COVID-19. So we know a lot of leaders on here who want to know about that. And Christopher is going to talk about uh, why you shouldn't have a business partner. Uh, I'm not too sure if I knew that title before today, but we'll have to take a look at what that's going to be about for next week. I'm glad it's a holiday. Hopefully five people show up. I don't want any more than that because he doesn't need any more airtime. Um, and then in the uh, later part of the month, we have an up and coming um, young professional here, uh, Justin, who's going to talk about the mindset needed to increase sales because uh, we know there's quite a few business folks that wants a few things. So we'll keep that up for a little bit. And so again, good morning to everyone. Uh, welcome. I think there's some people in the waiting room. Catherine, I'm not sure if you saw that already. Um, so Catherine will take care of that. Catherine is back today from last week. So she may be still be on vacation brain. I mean, I don't know how long that's going to last, Catherine. I mean, like you only get a day, right? Just so you know. Anyway, um, <laughs> welcome, everyone. Uh, let me introduce uh, Craig for you. And we're just going to get into it a little bit. Um, so Craig uh, Turbett, who is uh, gonna chat with us a little bit about the big picture planning. Craig has an interesting buy. I just wanna let you know a little bit more about him. Craig is, Craig is a wills and estate lawyer and the founder of The Last Word. He lives in Northwest, uh, in the Northwest way out there uh, with his wife. Uh, we saw Jenna Kirk there, who's also a lawyer by the way, which is why she's gonna talk to us about employment law. Um, and they do have three young daughters Finley, Morgan, and Shaylin. Um, Craig was born in South Africa, which is not the crazy place that many people think it is. Although there was this one time uh, when his car was chased by lions and, <laughs> and another time when monkeys stole his lunch. That's what I thought it was. So the fact that you confirmed that, Craig, is just mind-blowing. Um, he traveled quite a bit over the years and has accidentally climbed um, climbed a volcano in Iceland, gotten lost, literally, and uh, in the middle of the world's oldest 
uh, trees in Japan. He stayed with monks in a monastery um, in Laos. I guess he told me about that. Worked with a carpet worked uh, with a carpet salesman in Turkey and survived one of the world's tallest bungee jumping in New Zealand. Uh, Okay, this may explain why he's in law. Uh, before going into law, uh, Craig did not uh, did an undergraduate degree in English and political science, which he fully qualified him to work in various positions as a bartender and barista at the time. Of course it does. I mean, they're so overeducated, those guys. It's crazy. Before law school, he worked in the mining exploration um, industry where he traveled to some of the most remote um, locations in northern BC as well as the Yukon to camp. Uh, fly around in helicopters and take samples and run away from the bears mostly. He came to Calgary in 2010 um, uh, for the combined law and MBA program, fell in love with the city and I think also Jenna and has lived here ever since. Uh, he started the, the last word in 2015 after um, realizing how much he loved uh, to work one-on-one -on -one with clients in the planning their legacy, which is something we're really going to get into today. So good morning, Craig, and welcome to Monday Mindset. How are you, mate? Doing good. Thanks for the intro, pal. Um, yeah. Uh, first of all, in case you're wondering why I look so different from the, uh, the picture, it's not behind Kyle anymore, but uh, I had a very large beard at one point. COVID and trying to put a mask over a very large beard doesn't really work. So uh, it went by the wayside and... Uh, it's, you know, so far we're sticking with it. We'll see. But I, you know, at some point, whenever I can get a photographer in here to update everything. We'll uh, see. Yeah. Uh, I, I have someone to refer you to, but yeah, it's so interesting. Cause I mean, that's all, I, that's the only way I've known you, right? Like through the years, that's the only way it was that beard. Yeah. It was so interesting. That's, that's Connor, you know, I mean, and I know Michael Edworthy, who's the other ginger on here, uh, is like, what? So, you know, he's going to probably say what I had someone else on here. So, uh, Craig, welcome. So let's talk about, um, the planning perspective. Like, so when you think about what you do, why do you do what you do? So um, when initially I didn't actually think I was going to end up in estate planning. I don't think it's an area where a lot of people, I don't know, coming out of school or something like that, we're all idealistic about what we want to do. And it doesn't really strike most people, I don't think, as a, the flashy industry where you're like, oh yeah, they don't, you know. <laughs> um, I haven't seen it, but apparently the, um, I don't know, the spinoff of Breaking Bad, whatever that's called, they, uh, that's about a guy who does this kind of law, but apparently he's very shady. So I don't know if that's really a good uh, <laughs> representation. Um, but, uh, go, you know, um, right out of law school, I thought I wanted to work with businesses. Um, part of the reason I got my MBA and that kind of thing. And then um, while I was actually articling, which is sort of an apprenticeship that lawyers do before they become lawyers, uh, I was doing that kind of work. And realized that it wasn't the relationship building, there's a bit of that element, but a lot of it is just looking through very long contracts, trying to make sure everything is just so. And it didn't really have that relationship building, business building side that I really was looking for. Um, you know, most business owners aren't looking for their lawyer to be really a collaborator with them, uh, <laughs> especially not at those hourly rates. I so, was going to um, say. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, and not to mention, I've, I've seen a lot of law firms and, you know, in terms of how well they run, Cal, you can probably speak to this. It's not necessarily the best business minds either. So, you know, yeah. So, um, but fortunately, the lawyer I was articling with also did estate planning. And um, 
a series of events happened where I was doing a whole lot of that. And uh, he had a family emergency out in Ontario. And uh, I really loved it. It was just a chance to sit down, get to know someone very, very well in a very sort of intimate, almost intimate kind of way. Um, you know, you get, you know, the curtains open and you, you, you know, you talk about all the things that you maybe haven't talked about with uh, some of your closest friends, potentially. Um, and I just found it was, I loved getting to know someone very quickly um, in a very short period of time. It was uh, really enjoyable. Um, and I just went from there. And then actually one other thing was in the process of that, while I was getting used to that, uh, my dad in Vancouver passed away without a will and we had to deal with all of that. And it was a total mess. And so it just reinforced for me the importance of having things set up properly um, and being able to, uh, to, you know, um, to have a plan in place. And so is that where you're getting the, uh, Craig, when you're seeing the big picture? Because oftentimes, and we do this sometimes in our business and in our life, right? The only picture we see is just really what's in front of us. And sometimes it's not that we don't know to plan for the future, but we just don't feel as as immediate. And so why is that? I mean, you've talked to enough people. What is, what are they saying as to why they're not thinking big picture? What do you think is getting in the way of that? Well, I mean, it, it really depends. So yeah, when I'm saying big picture, I'm really thinking, you know, we, Kyle, you, you obviously work with people and have people think, okay, well, what's the goal you want to get to? And obviously, um, you know, the goal is not dying. That's not really a goal. But at the right. same time, uh, hopefully it's not news to anyone. We're all going to die at some point. And so if that's going to happen anyways, how do we want that to go? Right? Um, that's the sort of big picture thing I'm thinking of. But in terms of people avoiding that thinking, um, I have had one person tell me once, it was a husband and wife, the wife was gung-ho about getting stuff done. And the husband looked at me and definitively said, I don't need it. I'm not going to die. And I was like, oh, well, I mean, if I could find your secrets, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think ultimately it's, it's something that people think is going to be very uncomfortable and very difficult. And there's almost an element of, um, with some people, it's uncomfortable to the extent where they feel like, um, if I do this, somehow I'm increasing the likelihood that something terrible will happen to me. I don't know quite... I obviously don't feel that way. I deal with these conversations every single day. But, uh, you know, I, I think there's an element of we don't go there, we don't think about it, we don't talk about it or anything like that. And so um, part of my job is to get people to actually just start talking about stuff like this. It doesn't have to be a lengthy conversation. It doesn't have to be morbid. Like, uh, Kyle, uh, can I use you as, a, as an example? Sure. Yes, for sure. So, uh, Kyle, not to dis disclose anything, I'm, you've said I can. So, yes. Kyle is a client of mine. And, um, yeah, what was, generally speaking, it can be a pretty upbeat, happy-go-lucky conversation. Yes. Like, it was, you know, I, people sometimes ask me if it's, it's all tears. And I think that's the reason they uh, think okay, that yeah. it's, a, it's something to be avoided, exactly. And so, um, realistically, it's, it's, it's just like getting insurance or anything like that. Just because you get insurance on your house doesn't mean you're about to have your house burned down, you know? Um, you're just preparing for something that could happen in the future. Yeah, because we, we often see for a lot of folks, when you don't have these conversations, and, and let's just not talk about, you know, death for a second. When you take a look at how you look at your business and the things that you want to do for next weekend or you plan or a vacation, if you don't actually you know, put some thoughts to it, then it's, it's very hard to know what to expect and for it to actually go, right? You know, lately, a few people have, uh, there's a quote going around and someone says, if you aim for nothing, you'll hit it every time. And 
And I was like, yes, I said, that is true. Because if you will hit nothing every time. And so the idea is, what if you aimed for something or at least to know and communicate? Because a lot of times, you know, when, when death occur, it's the folks who are still left here, right? The person who has died is not here anymore to really say anything. And so what happens for them or your wishes or in, unless you're really clear on them and i think when we worked together craig i was very clear with what i wanted and i knew who was going to be and these folks already know what that looks like so there's going to be no real surprise because we've had clients and we've had you know close people who passed away and no one really knew what to do or what they wanted right and so what exactly did they aim for and so when you take a look at and again if you really wanted things to take care of you know all that other stuff but our conversation was quite jovial and we were laughing through it and you know there's times that we second guess why i made certain decisions because christopher lawrence is involved but fair enough you know what i mean <laughs> i i'm not going to be here to deal with that so other folks are going to be able to deal with that so primarily making sure the dog is taken care of <laughs> right primarily yeah. the rest okay um so what mindset do you think if someone is going to step into this what mindset do you feel that they need to prepare themselves for or um, be at before they reach out to someone like you when they're thinking about the big picture planning for sure so i would my suggestion would bit would be um just to say that uh really just treat it like any other everyday conversation i know that's sometimes hard to say but realistically it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone that one day you're going to die therefore it's not really you know, to me, it's, it's just a non-issue. And I think if you're talking to someone, especially like a loved one or, you know, your spouse or your kids or your parents or something like that, um, the best way to have this conversation is to not treat it like it's a huge big deal. It's to just actually talk about it. Um, that's easier said than done for some people, I'm sure. But at the same time, um, you know, I've noticed with my clients that if I feel uneasy about something, like maybe there's some aspect of their particular situation that, I don't know, for some reason makes me uneasy. It doesn't really happen very often. But right. if that happens, I notice that that creeps into the, the conversation and they're uncomfortable. So if you're ever having a conversation like this with someone, it's all about figuring out your stuff first and being comfortable with the conversation. And then they just take your cue and lead and go from there. It's, it's actually not a difficult conversation to have, mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's just getting there you know, and starting, starting that conversation can be tricky. Is this ideal for uh, a particular type of uh, group of people as far as assets and things or moving pieces? Or does this include the regular Joe who says, listen, I don't got much anyway. I don't really have anything. I mean, and they could just do with whatever. Does, because I think I hear that often when people are like, well, I don't have much anyway. Because when they hear estate, they're thinking acreage and yeah. not other things right well and kyle we dealt with your acreage and all this <laughs> um no i so I, I get that question all the time and quite often it's in the form of how much money do i need to have before it's worthwhile setting this up and that's definitely a misnomer it's it, it's tricky um it for example my dad and my mom were separated so he was he was on his own whatever and he really didn't have much of anything but it was so much work to do. Um, and all of it could have been really easily dealt with without having to go through courts and all that kind of stuff. If it had, and this wasn't because we were fighting over stuff because it went to courts. Right. It's just when you don't have a document in place, even just a basic will, if you don't have much in the way of assets, you still have to go through a court process to get things sorted out um, in most cases. Whereas if you have a will and you have very little assets, 
you can avoid an entire $5,000 court application at that point. So it can really save a lot of money, um, especially if you don't have a lot, or if you have a little bit, but uh, if you have some assets, but a lot of those can transfer without a will. So there's, that's a whole other area, but you know, things like beneficiary designations on some of your accounts, having someone on the title to your house as well. There's ways that things can transfer without going through the will, but you still need that will to wrap up all the other little loose ends and just really psychologically, there's also the benefit to saying, there is a plan. Here's the plan, follow it. This is a tough time, but there's a plan. I thought about this ahead of time, it's under control. Um, and that's a big deal. I, I really like that. You know, just that simplicity of saying, you know, and you're from an able um, mind and body to make those decisions to say, to communicate in this will around what should happen and where these things go. And sometimes you see fights and see all these other things that happens with that. Now, uh, there is this great debate um, between do you talk to someone about your will after it's done or do you not talk to them about it's done because you know um you know i'm asking for a friend but you know sometimes people say well i don't want them to know what's coming because what if they get desperate and throw me in front of a bus like christopher lawrence you know what i mean but what i'm just saying those things are possible right like should someone talk about it or not talk about it um so i think there's there's two sort of elements to a will. One is giving stuff to people. And that part, we can talk about whether you should talk or not. Then there's another side, which is naming an executor, which is the person who's gonna be in charge of things. You should definitely talk to that person. You don't wanna surprise them with, hey, I saddled you with a job that could take a year to two years. Here you go. Um, you know, surprise. my family. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, and then also there's other roles that we might have in a will. So if you have kids or someone who needs the money taken care of for them until a certain point, then you would name a trustee. So that could be the same person as the executor, but it's um, a separate role where the person's just in charge of the money on behalf of someone who's unable to take care of it for themselves. And then the last thing is if you have kids, you might name a guardian for those kids. So all of those people you should talk to ahead of time because you're putting them in a position of responsibility. You also, you can't force them to act. So if you name someone, something happens to you, you've never talked to them, but you're just hoping that they'll be okay with it. They can turn around and say, no, no thanks, I'm out. And then what was the point of doing it all, right? Um, so the conversation is as much an important part of, and even just, uh, you know, the conversation about that is as much an important part as the actual document. Um, obviously the document legally puts it in place, but having it set up where the person just knows, yeah, this is what I'm gonna do, um, makes everything flow a little smoother, right? Um, certainly you don't want to name guardians and then be like, Hey, have my kids. <laughs> That'll be fine. Uh, surprise. Um, so that stuff always talk about ahead of time when it comes to talking about gifts. Um, it can depend a bit on your circumstance. So if you're maybe, uh, part of a bigger family and you really want to set things up and have everyone sit down and have a conversation together about how everything's gonna go so there's no surprises, no hurt feelings down the road, especially if maybe, I don't know, say you have three kids like me, and um, one of them needs more for some reason, or maybe you gave money to one of them but not the other ones ahead of time, and on paper, it doesn't look very equal, right? right. You might wanna sit down and say, here's what we're doing, here's why, I love you all very much, hopefully that's true, and, um, <laughs> 
you know, just show why you're doing what you're doing and have everyone on the same page. Then there's no surprises, no fights, no anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, the counterpoint to that is there's no reason, to, like if you're naming um, a friend in your will or, or someone who, you know, your relationship might not be as potentially permanent as, uh, you know, your relationship with your kids or something like that, you maybe don't have to do that. It can be a nice surprise to know that they were thought of, you know, when they're, you know, dealing with the fact that you've passed away. It's like, oh, you were actually included in that person's will. It can create a strange power dynamic sometimes, not power dynamic, but a, a strange dynamic where they're expecting something and then if you change your will, then they feel left out, even though initially they wouldn't have really expected anything at all. So it, it depends on the circumstance. Yeah, I mean, that's really good. I'm, I could just share, you know, um, guys, if you have some questions, I see some comments there, but if you have any questions, uh, please start putting in the chat because we want to be able to uh, at least touch on one or two of those as you think about not only your business, but obviously your life and those pieces that come together. Um, Craig, I think you were okay staying a little bit after the meeting, maybe for an extra 10, 15 minutes? Yeah, for sure. To answer any questions. Okay. And so one thing I wanted to share is something you mentioned about the executor. Um, something that we ended up doing, which you really kind of slowed down and you asked me that question around because the executor at the time, uh, I was going to name uh, Christopher, which just makes sense, right? And then you, there's a pieces of it that you said, but will Christopher, if something happens to you, will he, what capacity will he be in? Right. And I never thought of that. And in that time until we, and then I said, okay, let me find out. And so I had the conversation and he too said, you know, if something like that happens to you, I don't want to be in that position. I think you need to choose sure. someone else that's going to be able to, to navigate and help that process. Right. Instead of being that right. And I just thought to myself, well, that's, that makes completely sense, right? And so I ended up, you know, choosing his husband instead, right? Who were, Vincent, who were also very close, right? And so, and again, Christopher will, will help him through that process. So I think when you talk about whoever plays that role to make sure they execute on your wishes and stuff that you've outlined, then you should have that preliminary conversation with them, right? And so to hear what they feel. So thank you for that, Craig, because I, like I said, I didn't even think of it that way because we just... Norm, norm, uh, normally just choose a person that we think, oh yeah, 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 they're going to be okay. But because they're so close to us, we may not factor in how emotionally um, charged they may be or overwhelmed by that situation. For sure. And um, uh, Yvonne was actually just mentioning in here as well that, mm -hmm. you know, oh no, sorry, wrong person. Uh, someone, oh, Kathy, uh, sorry, okay. there you go. I was saying that even with documents, um, there, there's a lot to deal with, which is true. And it, an executive role is, it's kind of strange in terms of when you're, um, when you're asking someone to take on this role, it's a, there's a lot required. And it's one of the few cases where for the most part, people just get a lay person to do it and they don't get a professional to do it. And it's just like, okay, you can deal with this. It'll be added on to your current workload and all that kind of stuff. And we just kind of expect that it'll work. So sometimes people do um, hire like a trust company or something like that and name them in their will. Um, there's positives and negatives. People are usually concerned about the cost and that kind of thing. And also it's not quite the same personal touch if, as if it is a family member. Sometimes there's benefits to sort of work through things by doing that. But I think most people who've been the executor uh, on someone's estate would probably say, yeah, that might've been a slight side benefit, but overall, I'd rather just not <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah. because it is, it is a big job. So um, it's definitely something to consider. Um, okay. A lawyer can be the executor. So 
so lawyers are bound. I know everyone makes jokes about lawyers and, you know, being snakes and all that kind of stuff. But lawyers do have a pretty strict ethical code and professional responsibilities they have to live up to. So people sometimes name uh, a lawyer that they know as, as the executor because they're held to a very high standard when they're doing that. Right. Uh, so a couple things I saw in the comments I just want to address, and but just to come back from the mindset. So from a mindset perspective, it's about you coming in with some ideas around what you uh, think you want to be done, right? So you think about your life, your whatever you have, um, family, all those things, if you were here at the end of it and you had to divvy it up, what would that look like? And then to be able to kind of come with that mindset that, hey, I'm going to have a conversation with a wills and estate lawyer such as yourself, Craig, right? Like that really should yeah, be. Yeah, and I'd mindset. actually go a step further mm -hmm. back. Step, okay. One step back from there and say, um, it's less about that so much as like, how do I divide things? Because that's what everyone thinks when they think of a will. Mm -hmm. But I really think about okay, if I'm not around, what are, what are the things that I think are priorities? What do I need to focus on? What's, what am I concerned about? So, you know, it might be very simple. You have three kids, you wanna leave everything to the three kids or something right. like that. But it could also be a scenario where you're concerned because there's an ex-spouse or you're concerned because there's, uh, you know, one of your kids or, you know, someone in your life you wanna leave things to mm -hmm. isn't good with money. And you're concerned that if you leave them your, you know, your entire estate, uh, that it'll just, you know, be a horrible disaster. And so there's various things that I, I think focusing on that part and just being like, what are the, the pain points? And it might just be something as simple as how do I avoid taxes as much as possible? Right. Legitimate reason. Um, but just, you know, there's a lot of different things that go into it and making sure that you give some thought into what, what's making me feel uneasy about this scenario. I really like that, you know, and when you think about some things that people can be doing, at least for this week, is to think about that, right? If they would just take that away and just think about it. So if you have a will, uh, and I want your comment on this as well, Craig, if that's okay. If you have a will, how frequent should one update it? The other part too is, you know, sometimes people, and I think Yvonne mentioned this as well, is that sometimes there's a deterrent around the costs. You know, what does it cost? What does it cost to, to, to put this plan in place? And so sometimes I go through a, a couple thoughts is you have all this money, this asset that needs to be divvied up like how much would you allocate to make sure those things not really divvied up but decisions to be made about what it looks like and then you said something too that i was thinking about the cost of getting a will done and someone stuck with a five grand court thing <laughs> application you just like okay you mean so you either you pay now or you pay later right so um i'm not sure how you feel about you know what what this cost look like maybe answer that one but as well yeah. as the, the first point so um i guess initially like you can get a will for very cheap if you want to go and do one online or something like that right you can definitely do that um what i would suggest is that you know there's wills and there's wills. Like the getting a will online is a bit like, instead of going to coaching, you buy a book and follow that, right? Like the, the results may vary a little bit. Right. Um, it doesn't mean there'd be an issue and like- I like that, I'm gonna use that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you could have great results by buying a book and following that for coaching, of but it's just- Of course. You, there's also a higher, much higher likelihood that it's not really going to go anywhere or that disaster mm -hmm. strikes or something like that, right? And it's right. a sort of one size fits all. So um, when you're, if someone was to come to me um, in terms of getting a will, 
Usually we do three documents actually. We do a will, a power of attorney, and a personal directive. Those other two are just taking care of things if you're still alive but you're incapacitated. So there's no point in doing this will and making sure everything's set up for the circumstance where you pass away, but then someone who you don't want is in charge of your money for 10 years near the end of your life and there's nothing left at the end of that anyways because the wrong person was in place. So uh, those two documents take care of you personally, one of them, and then the other one is your finances. So um, long story short, for the whole thing, usually if it's fairly simple for a single person, it's around $800. For a couple, it's about $1,100. Obviously that varies and can change a little bit cheaper to significantly more expensive depending on what you're looking for. But that's kind of what you'd be looking at for us. You can find stuff cheaper, you can find stuff much more expensive. I I talked to someone who uh, does wills and he mentioned that he charges $40,000 for a will. So I'm definitely not in that range, but Kyle, there's both. We'll get there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's true. Okay, uh, and and just before we wrap up here, because we're kind of at time right now, at least for this main piece of it, uh, how often should someone update a will? Like, should they just do it and leave it from 1812 or just? Yeah, so uh, I get that question all the time. And again, typical lawyer answer, it's not that simple. Uh, really, what I suggest <laughs> I'm noticing people do that. <laughs> is, uh, what I suggest people do is just review it maybe once a year, right? Um, it can be a super quick, hey, just pull it out, double check that the people you named and what you're doing with it um, still fits. Because maybe you named an executor and that person moved to another country or, okay. you know, things like that. Um, I suggest you tie it to something that you do annually anyways, because just remembering to do something once a year just doesn't really happen. Tie it to something that's already not fun. So don't, don't tie it to Christmas or something like that. But when you're doing taxes, already crappy, uh, it's a great time to pull out the will, just take a quick look. Um, and hopefully you're doing your taxes every year. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that's just a good way to quickly take a look. And if something needs to be changed, then you can make it change. But most of the time we build these with a fair amount of, backups to people and all that kind of stuff. So um, that would be my recommendation. Awesome. Craig, thank you so much. Wow. Do you see how fast 30 minutes goes? <laughs> like it Very is quickly, really yeah. frightening. So for those guys who wants to stay on a little bit and get a little bit into the Q&A and get a little bit deeper uh, with Craig around, what does this look like? Maybe a situation that you're experiencing, please let us know. If this was uh, helpful for you today, please let us know in the chat uh, what resonated with you the, the most. Um, the uh, Catherine has already put up uh, Craig's information in the chat. So if you need to get a hold of Craig, I mean, obviously he does all the wills to the great, the stars I'm calling him, you know, um, <laughs> of the Southwest and the Southeast. So please reach out to him and at least have that console for yourself. Uh, if this is something that makes sense for you, please reach out to other people to um, uh, connect with us. Uh, every Monday we do this Monday mindset uh, meeting and Catherine also put the, um, the uh, or podcast link there, at least one of them. So you can check us out uh, on there as well. Thank you all so much uh, for joining with us uh, today. It's a very interesting topic, especially for me right now. So I appreciate everyone being here today and and for your support. Uh, Look forward to seeing you next week where Christopher, um, my co-host and my best mate and my business partner is going to tell me and us why we should be in partnership is what it sounds like. So (laughs) stick around uh, for for that for next week. Thank you all for those who have to go and uh, we'll see you next week. And those who are staying, we'll be right back after this uh, quick outro here.
Eric, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being on. I mean, like as I said, uh, for so many people, because we do get to a point, uh, a point in our coaching with clients that we also get into this because that's a part of their business legacy. You know, we, we had a client uh, about a month or two ago, I believe, um, passed away and we talked about him setting up his will and stuff like that. And, you know, one of the things he mentioned was that for us to help his family sort these things out, but he never actually finished the will. And so it, it created all this divide in amongst his family because one wants to sell the business, one doesn't want to sell the business. And, you know, there's a lot of moving pieces that was going on there. So it gets quite messy, right? When you take a yeah, look at it. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. It, well, it's a, it's, a, it's a strange time because I, I think right at that point, people are very vulnerable. And we see this when, we, when people talk about, you know, someone paying, I don't know, $80,000 for a casket or something like that is because right at that point, they just, their brain, a lot of people can't really deal with that kind of stuff, right? And then conversely, at the same time, if there's, especially a parental figure that's passed away, the kids quite often, all of these things bubble up from when, when they were kids that were an issue, like she always loved you more or, you know, mm -hmm. things like that. And that's why you see all these, these crazy fights between people sometimes when there aren't things set up properly. Um, because they're kind of going back to their childhood and this sort of, you know, some deeply ingrained things that they haven't really addressed for years and years and years. Wow. Yeah. I mean, there's so much that goes on. Um, Yvonne just asked, uh, made a comment here about if you have remarried, uh, do you have to have copies of the divorce documents? Like, you know, so what are some things that maybe you do require um, when someone is actually yeah. coming to see you? So divorce documents, as long as you can confirm that you are divorced, uh, that would be fine. Um, the only thing that I would suggest is if, if you are remarried or, you know, subject to a separation agreement or anything like that, where there's either a prenup or there's a divorce agreement where there's still things ongoing from it, then yes, we might want to take a look at it. Just because if you have ongoing obligations, sometimes these things refer to what you have to do in your will. So, you know, if you, in the, if in the divorce agreement, you have something that says that usually it's about life insurance at that point. Um, but sometimes there's something that says, you know, I'm going to leave, make sure that I leave X amount to my former spouse in the will as part of that agreement. It's whatever the parties decided on. And obviously with a prenup uh, or a cohabitation agreement, uh, it's the same kind of thing where you want to just make sure that uh, we're not going against that because sometimes there's some sort of requirement to support your spouse in the will or something like that. Now, I know most people say that there shouldn't really be any surprises um, in a will and, you know, and what you plan for your estate and stuff like that. I mean, and I don't know if this is movie and the movies are not correct. Maybe you could um, add some clarity to this, but um, do you find like, if, what if someone wanted to contest that? What if I believe that because I am the true entitled first child and favored of my, my mother that I should have gotten everything, but because she feels that my brother can't make it, she gives him everything instead. Like, uh, so do you find it? Can someone contest will? Can someone go against all this planning that maybe they put into a will or? So, um, people can contest things at any point. It's a bit like as a business owner, Kyle, someone could sue you for the dumbest things where it's not ever going to get anywhere. Like sure. they tripped over, uh, like, you know, they, they stepped on a staple, like in the lobby, completely unrelated yeah. to you. Or um, tripped over castor, still... whatever. Yeah. 
Um, so they could still sue you for that. So people contesting, it's the same thing. Like someone can do something like that. It doesn't mean they're going to get anywhere with it. So having things set up should be in most cases, uh, if you set things up properly, it's enough of a deterrent, like, and it's set up properly that any reasonable lawyer would say, well, you don't really have a case here. So it's just going to be a waste of your money. Some people still want to proceed. That's just the way it goes right. sometimes. Right. But, um, we can't prevent that. Most we can do is to just set it up so it's not really, uh, that, that's not an issue. The one thing that I would say though is, um, you know, people commonly, or sometimes you may have heard people say, well, I wanted to write my will this way and now someone can just change it because they feel like they should get more. Um, right. That is sometimes, like there's a, a bit of that element in sort of BC and, El and um, Ontario. True. But in Alberta, the law kind of looks at it and says, if you have an obligation to take care of someone during your lifetime, so, you know, your spouse, for example, if you write the will and leave them nothing, uh, they're going to be able to contest it because if you divorced, they'd still get a big chunk of things. So, right. you, you know, you can't do that's the sort of bare minimum that they'd still be right. entitled to. Yeah. And similarly, your kids, if you, have, if you have a child who's, you know, five, you can't just leave them nothing. I mean, you can if you're leaving it all to their parents, but uh, right. their other parents. But if you're, yeah. um, you know, you can't just leave them nothing and they're done because you would have child support payments and things like that. So those are the kinds of things you have to hit that bare minimum. After that, then it's kind of open-ended and it's really your money and you can do what you want with it. Yeah. Thank you for that. Cause that's kind of what I was getting to, at, I was getting at right as well, because you've seen certain places where it's a surprise that like they thought they had this great marriage and then they're literally cut out of it because that person was already somewhere else and just thought that that's what it was. Right. Yeah. Um, so I appreciate that. Any questions uh, from anyone uh, for uh, Craig here? I'm going to talk about estate, maybe sharing your experience or, you know, if this is something that you've been contemplating, what seems to be getting in your way? Um, if you want to unmute and uh, mention something, that would be great. Uh, thanks. Have the great information. Have a great week. Thank you, Yvonne. I know you got to run. So see you soon. Um, anyone? I'm sure this happens to you a lot, Craig, at the bars, right? When people talk about wills and estate, they're just well, like, um, okay. <laughs> you know what? It, we were talking about mindset stuff and it is a, so frequently when I say what I do, people are like, oh yeah, I really have to do that. Uh, because it is something that just everyone puts off until a later date, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, and I understand the conversation, you know, and, you know, there, there's so many different things that needs to be said, you know, um, you may not know this, Craig, I think there's some folks here on knows. Uh, yesterday, my grandmother uh, passed away. And oh, so yeah, I appreciate that. And one of the things that, you know, as we were thinking about everything, we all knew what to do, right? It was very clear, we have conversations about it. So as we're grieving this piece of it, um, you know, we all know our piece, we all know our roles that we're playing and everyone is doing that exactly right now. So yeah. as, I'm, as I'm here in Calgary, while my mom and my, my uncle is sorting out some other things because we, just, we knew what that, that was, someone else is doing something else. It's just interesting when the conversation has been had, then we all know, right? And well, you can sort of pull together and work as a team because your roles are absolutely. set up already. 
Yeah. Absolutely, because we, we all know what to do. And I think because it's already as traumatic, you know, experiencing it, right? And so the last thing you now need to do is like, oh, and then what now? And, and then you have that emotion and someone says, hey, they want this and they want, like, it's just so busy. And I get for some people, it's, they're not here, they're not dealing with it. So sometimes I find people will put that off because they feel they're not here anyway. And there's something to be said in their life around what they avoid right? Mm-hmm. Because I think if you can avoid this, there's other things in your life or in your business you may be avoiding, right? And it's, it was, it's very exhilarating when you can finalize something, at least it was for me, um, finalize something like this, because then I just feel like everything else is just like, whatever. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, it, it, that's not- I mean, it's once that part's sorted out, you can, it's off your mind. The, the headspace is clear. You don't even have to worry about it, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, I like that. John was comment? asking about, yeah. yeah. So, uh, it was about the importance of documents like power of attorneys and living wills. So mm-hmm. in Alberta, just for clarity's sake, a living will is called a personal directive, but it's the same thing. So, uh, a power of attorney deals with strictly the financial side of things. If you can't deal with things yourself. So if you're in a bad car accident, you're in a coma or something like that, or, you know, later in life, you're, uh, you know, you have Alzheimer's or something like that. Um, it's naming someone who can come in and be in charge of that. Uh, on the financial side, it's usually just paying bills, that kind of thing, uh, doing your taxes, all the fun stuff. Uh, <laughs> also potentially managing your investments or working with the financial planner to manage your investments. Um, and on that side, it's, it, it's important to have that in place because if you don't, um, no one else is actually legally entitled to deal with your finances, not even your spouse, unless you're all joined on every single account. Mm-hmm. But, um, and in the absence of that, again, it's much like with the, uh, with the will, someone's going to have to make a court application. Oftentimes it's in a rush because you're not, you know, if, if no one's paying the bills and that kind of thing, um, it's not like, Hey, I'd like to deal with this six months from now. It's like, I need to deal with that today. And that can be very, very expensive. 10,000. It's a lot. Um, so they're very simple documents for the most part, but it's just saying this person that I've chosen and that I trust is going to be in charge of dealing with all of that on the financial side. And, you know, it could involve some bigger decisions. Like if there's no cash, but you do have a house, maybe they have to think about selling your house if you're no longer living there, things like that. But for the most part, it's sort of paying the bills, dealing with taxes, maybe helping to support your spouse and kids with your funds as well. Um, the um, personal directive or living will, that one's really important because it's naming someone who can make decisions on your behalf. So uh, in terms of personal decisions, so things like um, medical care, where you can live, it can go down as granular as like activities you're involved in, what you have for lunch, all those kinds of things. They can make all those decisions. So it's really important to name someone who likes you uh, and cares about you and, and also important someone who's actually going to really step in and make sure you're properly cared for. Yeah. Kathy, thank you for that. John, was that helpful? I think, right. Uh, Thank you, John. Thumbs up there. Um, Kathy mentioned, um, maybe you could quickly touch on this. um, Craig about uh, Kathy said bank accounts can also be frozen when someone dies, uh, which makes life um, in the moment difficult, right? For sure. Um, and again, that's actually where will can help. So, you know, for hopefully fairly obvious reasons, they tend to freeze bank accounts when someone, when they, when a bank's been notified that someone's passed away, because, um, you know, it's kind of shady if they're also engaging in a bunch of different 
transactions. Um, unfortunately, that can sometimes include, there's levels at which a bank can freeze things. So, you know, they might freeze it so that you can't just take cash out, which is a good thing. Um, but they can also freeze it so that the mortgage is not getting paid and all those kinds of things. And that can cause a lot of stress for executors. And, you know, I'm the executor for some estates of uh, clients of mine. And even for me, it's stressful because, you know, it's like, do you step in and try and pay with your own funds, even though it's, you know, you know, it's a whole thing that you have to figure out. Um, I will say that when you have a will as well and you take that in and you can show that you're the person who's supposed to be in charge, the banks give you a lot more leeway in terms of what you can pay for because they have that comfort level of knowing that, okay, you know, you're the person named in the will. Right. Their sort of um, uh, risk aversion uh, right. people are, are much more happy with that. So uh, it can certainly help. Craig, thank you so much. Folks, if you have any additional questions for Craig, please, his information's in the chat. Save this chat so that way you have it. Um, that way you can reach out to him. You know, and I think, you know, Daryl's on here as well. And I, um, I know Daryl uh, sent us some interest about being a co-host. So I think we're going to sort that out because I, I see the, the connection between when they have these financial plans, they need to be able to have something outlined, right? Because this whole idea of working with a financial plan and all this other stuff that goes with it is your planning already ahead and you know you may not be there to see all that and then what happens to all that plan right so i see there's a there's almost like a missed opportunity there as well so um craig thank you so much for being here uh love the information you gave i i really appreciate it everyone else thank you so much for joining us uh looking forward to seeing you next week and i'm looking forward to see uh jenna in a couple weeks on here as well uh to see what kind of lawyer she is right I'll go, I'll go from there i'm yeah. sure you guys have some family rivalry going on there but i appreciate it thank you everyone have a great week take care thanks so much pal cheers take care